This is Jason Zook, and you're listening to the Action Army Podcast, a show about entrepreneurship, minimalism, making money, and my obsession with LaCroix. Let's do this. Hey there, Action Army listener. This is Jason Zook. You already know that. The next couple episodes leading up to episode 100 of the Action Army, which is kind of cool. It's a nice little milestone to get to all 100 episodes, are going to be sponsored by my friends and your friends, if you know them or already use them, over at FreshBooks. And I think this is a really cool time because, as you already know, it's tax season, which is just woof. Uh, and preparing end-of-year statements and those types of things, it can just be such a pain. And I remember I used FreshBooks religiously back during my I Wear Your Shirt days. I could not have run that business without it because chasing down clients for their invoices and just making sure that they paid on time and then having a record of when they paid and then being able to give that to a bookkeeper or an accountant and just say, hey, can you please go in and deal with all of this stuff? It was a no-brainer for me at the time, and it's a no-brainer for you if you have clients or you send invoices or you just want to keep track of the money that you're spending, the money that's coming in, all those different things with your business. FreshBooks makes it so easy, and they're going to help you with taxes this season by creating a profit and loss statement and just taking care of a bunch of other expenses and other really boring stuff that doesn't, you know, they're not a boring company. It's the boring stuff that they help you take care of, Uh, and FreshBooks is all new. It looks great. It's super easy to use. So if you want to take advantage, there's a 30-day free trial of FreshBooks that you can jump on. Go to freshbooks.com slash actionarmy. That's all one word, so freshbooks.com slash actionarmy. And then make sure that you enter Action Army in the How Did You Hear About Us section. That's so I get credit, because if I send some folks over there from the Action Army and you guys take advantage of that 30-day free trial, then FreshBook emails me and they go, hey, this was well worth it. Here's some more gold bullion because I'm getting paid in gold bullion because Bitcoin, as I talked about in a previous episode, it's just it's just too volatile. I just don't know. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, they, they pay me with regular money. Uh, but anyway, go check out freshbooks.com slash action army to learn more. And remember, put action army in the how did you hear about us section. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, ladies Crispy. and gentlemen. Ah. Oh, that's going to sound so good on the new mics. Natural ice. Mike's hard lemonade. What? All I right. don't know. I'm playing word association. Let's let's just let's just rip the band-aid off of this episode. I'm Jason. I'm Caroline. And we, together, we are Captain Planet. Um, <laughs> this is the 99th episode of the Action Army podcast. 99. The uh, idea of this episode is to do a little look back because we're also looking forward. Oh, I know it's exciting. Uh, we have a, a new uh, recording setup, which is really fun, and actually, in, R.I.P. Pod Closet. So next episode, <laughs> the 100th episode, we will do a full um, quinceanera for the a pod ki- closet. A quinceanera for the pod closet. Okay, just to say goodbye. I think that's not how that works, but I don't know how things work. Um, and then we will explain what we're doing moving forward, why we have a new podcast set up, 
yada, yada, yada. But for this episode, you get to hear the new podcasting setup, which I hope sounds really good. We're crossing our fingers We're it very invested financially into it, <laughs> so it better. I personally am enjoying it just from the perspective of I'm not standing in a dark closet very close to you. It's true. You're, do you feel comfortable right now? I really now? do. My knee is a little bit, I'm kind of jabbing into the kitchen, so I might need to wear knee pads. Plax had to come check it out. Yeah. Well, you I might hear a little doggy paws. Maybe not, though. These mics are supposed to be really good. That's also, uh, new on these mics is, is your your uh, ASMR um, Oh, yeah, love. you guys. I don't even know what ASMR stands for. I, Do you have any idea? I, I don't know if, like... Audio sound magic recording. No, Got I it. think I was under the impression that it was, like, sort of a weird, like, sexual thing. Oh. So I don't know if the S stands for something bad. Audio sexual kept, magic recording. Yeah, I, I started seeing these videos, like, pop up on YouTube, and I didn't get it. But now that we have a good mic set up, we were testing things, and I totally get it, because... See, I just love it. Oh, you're freaking me out now. <laughs> Not that one. Give him one. What was the one that I was... You like the, I don't have you the like, headphones in. You like this one. It's kind of like... Yeah, there it is. That's the one. You guys, I know that's weird and gross, but also when, when I had the headphones on and we were testing out these new mics, it was like weirdly... No. <laughs> no. She I gave was me not going to say She that. gave me a look. So I was, I was going to say satisfying, but I meant it in the least sexual sense possible. What, uh, now I'm realizing I should choose a different word. What I think is going to be fun about the future of us podcasting. So just to let's, let's clear a couple things up quickly. Okay, Housekeeping, if you will. Um, one of the first things is that uh, we will be starting a new podcast, brand new podcast. So you will have to subscribe to that new one. So d- you don't have to like unsubscribe to this one immediately. You can still keep it and go back and listen to episodes. They'll still be here for you. Um, but we are going to start recording the video of our podcast episodes. Uh, and you'll be able to those w- people. You'll be able to watch them. Because I just, I mean, listen, we're silly. We're, we're goofballs. So silly. We do weird things. Also, we're really bad at. Um, I've learned this in the past. Yeah, now's the time Plaxco wants to play with this flamingo. Wants to play. See if we were recording this on video, you could see our faces as we both look at Plaxico. And what I was going to say is, no, we're notoriously bad at like referencing things that are happening around us yeah, without no visual aid. With no visual aid, without yeah. like explaining what's happening. So that will change because we'll be recording the video. Yeah. And you'll be able to see the death glares that I give Jason when yeah. he like says stuff that Kings I don't want him to say. Kings and I'm like, for pod closets. Right. And I'm like, God, Come that on, sounds man. like a great band name. <laughs> <laughs> How Go about ahead. just Quinceaneras and Pod Closets? Go ahead. Hey guys, what's up? We're Quinceaneras and Pod Closets and this is our first hit single. You bailed out. You bailed out. I I bailed because Plaxico went, and I thought that was the name of the song. Celebration. Celebration. Um, But with an S on the end instead of a T. Okay. uh, So. Housekeeping. Yeah, housekeeping. That's pretty much it. New podcast is coming. We will talk all about it next week. I will be a regular. I will not just be a guest. You won't be a regular. It will be half your show. 5149. My side. Your side. (laughs) Because. Wife. Hashtag me too. That's not <laughs> that's it. That's not that's not how you use fake that. news. I get it. I know how these things work. You're just this is like <laughs> buzzword bingo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is 2018 buzzword bingo. Stormy Daniels. Good job. That's a thing. I I literally don't know if Stormy that's a Daniels real person or Stormy with an I. Kylie Jenner's baby. I want to let you know. I literally don't know if Stormy Daniels is a real person. I know you don't. Okay. I have no clue. We're not going to talk about that. But I don't know. I want you to talk about Stormy Daniels. Like, <laughs> that's for our as future. If she's a that's, fictional character. That's for our and next show. I needed to tell you also, like, what. Well, the real she's obviously is. Storm's sister. 
Storm and Storm Daniels. from X-Men. Yeah, uh, well, of course. Who else? Storm, who else? I picture Storm as like the one that gets all the limelight, but like Stormy is the one that's like... She's like the angry sister. And you're like, hey, we're not that different. So My she, name is Stormy. Your name is Storm. She can't actually control the weather. All she can do is just make wind come out of her fingertips. That's it. But it's just like... It's not a lot. Yeah, it's, it's just like... like it's like the emoji, the wind, the farting emoji. Yeah, the farting. That's emoji. all she can do. For, out of her fingertips. And then she has to wait twelve hours to do it again. <laughs> and also, she just has fart emoji stickers that she can just like pop on people. <laughs> well, she has them at all times in like a yeah. fanny pack that she carries. <laughs> <laughs> so next X Men movie directed by us, that's written by se- us. That's our second children's book. Is just Stormy Daniels <laughs> acted by us. Okay, so let's look back. That's the whole point of the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that we are, uh, we're six minutes in. I cannot tell you how much more motivated I am to have this conversation now that we're like out in an open space. Well, I am excited just for having like really good mics, and even the, I will say. So let's give a shout out here again. Still housekeeping. We're not moving on yet. <laughs> um, Caleb Wojcik of Wojcik Electronics Electronic Emporium. Emporium. Uh, is a friend of ours. He has a website, DIY Video Guy. Caleb Wojcik's last name is incredibly hard to spell. Let's see if you can get it right. Go. I can spell it. Oh, okay. W-O-J-C-I-K. You got nervous halfway through, didn't I know. You? Everyone always does. I, I, just, I have I, like spelling bee flashbacks where like I have to picture the letters in my head. We know Jen pretty well. I would think that Jen at some point, Jen is Caleb's wife, might also have a little like 50% of the way through like... <sighs> What is What's it again? next? Which consonant I is I pictured next? also, spe- speaking of spelling bees, I pictured myself as the kid at the spelling bee that has to draw it out on their hand. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. On that That's kid. you. Yeah. You also want like the did origin, you know, the sentence. Did you know that I won my fifth grade spelling bee? Like I want the my, whole school. I want my second grade spelling bee. No, I know, bee. but fifth grade has harder words. What was your final word? I don't want to tell you. What was your final it's word? It's not very hard. What was your final Laundry. word? Laundry. <laughs> I know. Some kid thought it was laundry. Hold like, the excuse phone. Me, excuse me. My second grade final word? What? Volcano. That is phonetic. Everything about volcano is easy to spell. Talk Did to you me. think there's going to be an E on the end? Volcano? Like Volcano Joe? Give me, the on, give me your honest, honest answer. answer. Laundry, laundry or volcano? volcano? Which one's harder? Laundry. Oh. Honest answer. Laundry. You are lying through your teeth. It could be L-A-W. You are. N-D-R-Y. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> laundry. <Yeah. laughs> Uh, okay, so Caleb uh, is, a, is an audio wizard. His business is not actually Watching Electronics Emporium. Uh, we called that because he has like every gizmo and gadget and tech thing related because he's very much like into that. Like we literally go shopping for electronics yeah, I have. at Caleb's house. So the mic that you're talking into, he and I traded. Uh, I had some road gear. Like baseball cards? He had a, a this thing. Yeah, I was like. This is like the adult version of baseball cards. I have the Ken Jiffy card. Ken Griffey's the actual player, but I had like a fake one. So you get this like a fake bad joke. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that mic. Mic I got from him, and then he had a second version of the exact same mic. This is how many electronics he has in his emporium that are just laying around. So now we have these two mics set up. We're not in a one mic, but I will say, what we recorded a little test recording. He came over, super nice, set everything up for us, talked a lot about like what we were doing, blah blah blah, and then we listened to a test recording that we did versus an existing pod closet show. Yeah, on my phone, not and that he, different. And he was like, "It's pretty good what you did before." And I was like, oh, man, I'm going to miss the pod closet. But this is way more versatile. It's way more fun. It is. And I'm telling you, for like my headspace of wanting to sit here and talk to you, yeah. I get to look at you. Oh, is that a good thing, though? Yeah, I'm enjoying Half it. Half the time. 30% of the uh, time. Talk to me after like, you know, three Seven, episodes. 17% of the time. <laughs> the same amount of time that you think about offering me a LaCroix from the fridge. Oh, I forgot that bit from last time. Throwback. Throwback. Like that. So Caleb, super nice, has, has us uh, set up with this stuff. You'll be able to see this with our, our new show, which we'll talk about next episode. So we're not going to uh, get teaser. into that too much. But there we will get into it next episode fully, which will be uh, next week. 
if you're listening to this but when this comes out. that's next week. Let's talk about this week. What are we going to talk about, Jason? Man, a lot of housekeeping. We're going to talk about... Let's just keep talking about other <laughs> things instead of actually the thing that people tune No, I'm for. losing patience with yeah. housekeeping. Okay, so let's look back. So the point of this was to kind of wrap up the Action Army show. Um, because at the same time that we're wrapping up the Action Army show, we are wrapping up our businesses. Whoa. Your business. We're wrapping them up and rolling them forward. It's kind of like we're recycling them. We're upcycling them. Yeah. I'm still not 100% like certain what the difference is. So if, if, uh, if your business was an upcycled visual thing, what would it be? Mine, it's very clear what mine is. What is yours? Mine's a wood wall. A it's wood like a wall. Because it's reclaimed pallet wood. Yeah. Jason does stuff. That's what it is. Mm, I don't know what mine is. I think yours is like a scrapbook. I was thinking scrapbook also. So like a lot of magazine cutouts. And but like, maybe like magazine cutouts that like, like remember when I used to roll up those magazine pages and make like yeah. little ornaments thingies. And, and things? Yeah. It's like a bowl made out of rolled up newspaper. You had a whole crafting room in our home. I did. It was half yours, we're being honest. It half was, of it was oh, green screen. it was green screen. Yeah. It, anyway, we digress again. This is a theme. I think the drinking game going forward of our sh- future show yes. is going to be how many times we tangent. Yeah. So it's like if like you tangent alert. Yeah, if you get yeah. like eleven, yeah. you reach like eleven tangents, you get a prize. Oh god, you know it'd be awesome. You know how on Dax's podcast, Dax Shepard, the armchair expert, armchair expert podcast, great podcast, our new favorite Highly podcast. Recommend. At the end, he has a friend and producer, Monica, who just fact checks everything yeah. he says. Like yeah. even the most random stuff yeah. that he says, she fact checks, and it's this like great segment at the end where it's just it's not even for any particular reason, but she like goes and does like intense research. Like his wife, Kristen Bell, will be like, "Oh, I started acting when I'm eight. and she'll be like, "No, I called Kristen's mom, and actually she started when she was like eleven and a half yeah. or something." And I just find it so nonsensical and delightful. And so my version of that is like, we need a person to come on at the end of the show and talk about how many tangents we went on yeah, and like yeah, list yeah. them out. We have like one person who's dedicated to like just the tangent, the assistant. tangent assistant, um, Tang assistant. It also just made me think what? it'd be a lot of work, but it could be kind of fun to record these live and then like use that recording. Record these live in front of whom? No, just like in general, like set up a laptop, set up a uh, thing. It's a lot of work. Oh, oh, I see. I see. Yeah, I see. Yeah, going so forward. you understand that the phrase "record this live" is yeah. very misleading, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just because it's, I'm like, we're we're live in in life right now, and we're I mean, recording it. Are we? <laughs> you meant stream it live. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Something to think about. Okay. Anyway, uh, so we're upcycling our businesses. It's like the introvert version, you know, when like big podcasts do that, but they do it in front of a live audience. But you and I don't want to be in front of a live yeah. audience, so we're like, guys, this is going to be our big live episode, and we just stream it on the internet and don't acknowledge. Don't even <laughs> post a link anywhere. Just like that. Uh, okay, so we're upcycling our businesses into a, a new, new business. business. Exciting. Together. That's next episode. We'll go through all of that. No detail left unturned. You'll find out everything. Don't worry about it. This week, uh, let's talk about Jason Does Stuff and Made Vibrant. And let's talk about kind of what has transpired with our businesses and with our personal lives the past few years, which has ultimately led us to that decision to upcycle. Can you also give me every favorite moment you've ever had of this podcast? Because I know you've listened to every episode. <laughs> Roll the clip, Dave. <laughs> what? <laughs> like I put together a clip like of a my favorite reel? moments. Yeah, yeah, but I didn't. And it's just all audio. So like, there's, yeah. it, but it's, it's a video of highlights, but it's all audio. <laughs> That's the most boring thing ever to watch. It's just the Highlights Magazine covers is the visual and then the audio. God, tangents ahoy. Yeah. All right, so let's start with Made Vibrant. Okay. So uh, 
six years ago, five years ago? I, I te- 2013. I started freelancing in 2013, but Made Vibrant, I launched in January of 2014. Okay. So 14, 15, 16, 16 so like four years yeah. is where we're at with the business. And it's funny because I posted this on Instagram the other day. There are like very distinct segments of each of those years that kind of colored the experience of that business. Mm-hmm. So the way that I described it is like the first year is like, anxiety like like excitement but anxiety of like I don't know what I'm doing am I gonna make money at this is anyone gonna like think I'm stupid like all these like doubts you know and this was really your first business yourself oh a hundred percent yeah this is me you did have a blog that didn't I mean actually it made some money because you sold prints didn't you during that Uh, time I mean but you did yeah that I sold that I got printed at Kinko's for five cents you guys the margins on that were incredible I sold the prints for ten dollars printed them for five cents so how many prints in total do you think you sold of that first like little blog probably (laughs) twelve I love it Uh, so that (laughs) was that was uh, clumsy crafty happy yeah you you, I still own the domain and the the WordPress blog is still up if you want to like really go back to my blogging years get some go for it the depths okay so made environments are first real business yeah and so the first year that was when I was doing uh, kind of brand design and web design and all things design that was how the business originally started was as a design studio and so that first year I was like, I finally kind of got my bearings about six months in. I don't mean to skip over this, but I think it's more interesting to talk about what the past couple years have been. So that's why I'm kind of glazing over it. That I kind of got my footing about six months into that when I was finally booked up and making money. And you helped me a lot with that about getting my Go time on. in order and charging more mm-hmm. Go on. and um, just being like super emotionally supportive. Mm-hmm. Go on. <laughs> um, so then the second year, I felt like I finally sort of had my bearings and I was a lot more confident. First year, you were just doing brand design, right? Well, I was doing all kinds of design. It didn't. It took me six months to figure out that I needed to niche pick, down and, and say, I do brand design for creative entrepreneurs. And once I did that, that was when things took off a little bit. Um, also, I had six months of like blogging under my belt. So definitely the content game helped me a lot. Um, so then... The second year was when I transitioned to products and doing the online courses. Um, the client, online course. The online, <laughs> the Ohio State University. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sports reference, yes. Um, Do you know what city Ohio State University is in? Mm. <laughs> so Cleveland's in Ohio, right? <laughs> Canton? Canton is where the NFL Hall of Fame is, which you were going to say. But, yeah, 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 that was yeah. my lead-in. Yeah. But the Ohio State University is in... A lot of C cities in Ohio, now that you think about it. Canton, Cleveland, Cleveland. Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Which no, isn't it. That's not That's it. where the Bengals play. There's so many football places in yeah, Ohio. There really are. Um, Camden. Um, no. <laughs> that's the only three. Columbus. Columbus? Yeah. Wouldn't have thought of that. Yeah. Anyway, tangent. Okay, tangent. So she's taking off the rope, ladies and gentlemen. I got, I'm getting hot, y'all. Um, I second year I started doing online courses, and and that online was online course. You keep saying what? courses. My first online course. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. I just, yeah. Yeah. Okay. My first online course, which was a hand lettering course. And you guys, I started making, as they call it, passive income. So I had this blog post that was going gangbusters on Pinterest and the traffic would come to the blog and then I put the buy button for the course on that blog post. And and I was making like 
in the early days, I was making like $1,500 a month on a $20 course, but that was Which like is crazy, crazy for me. Yeah. And then it, I mean, I think at the max that $20 course was making me six grand a month, $6,000 yeah, a month on a $20 course. We were doing nothing to promote nothing. That. And I mean, except for like posting on Instagram and kind no, of, but you, we were doing nothing. Yeah. But, that, yeah. and so that felt really cool because it showed me like what was possible and it, and it showed me the, that, that really opened my eyes to this whole online business thing where it's like you make something mm -hmm. or like you figure out what your strengths and your talents are. You make a thing, you have good content, people like it, which was really just one piece of good content. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. They buy it. They like it. They talk to their friends about it, yada, yada. And it really opened my eyes. So then I phased out of client work. That was sort of year two it was like products. Okay, cool. And I don't even think it was the, um, the course doing so well that phased you out of client work. I think it was the frustration with doing client work. Completely. As the person who sat it was a little six, bit of both. Feet, six feet from you and watched you. It was a little bit of both because remember it, we were like, let's try this course thing, but I was still doing client work at the time. So I always tell people to not just like, if you're going to pivot in your business or you're even in your career, don't just like burn the bridge, like, you know, jump ship well, on and, one thing and jump to another. It's like figure out a way that you can do a little bit of both for that transition period. So that's what I did. I did the course while I was still taking on clients. And yeah. then once I realized it was going to do well, that's when I made the transition. Or the other option is save up and build a runway for yourself. Then you can jump ship because you may need the full time to do it, well, depending on how you work. Yes, and what you're but I would on. even argue that's without some sort of validation or some sort of test drive on what that new thing is going to be, you could be really putting yourself yeah. in a bad position. So true. I always tell people, even if it's like switching jobs or switching careers, like, can you volunteer doing something similar? Can you shadow someone for a day? Like, can you test drive it before you buy, buy it? it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so you had this uh, hand lettering course, which was a hand lettering for beginners course. And at the time, I remember we went through and looked for all of the competition of this. And there were probably five to 10 existing hand lettering courses at that time that we could oh, find. Oh, maybe. I mean, really, the only people that were really doing it, to my knowledge, were kind of Skillshare type Sites. Right. And Sean West was probably the, And Sean West. Yeah. yeah. He was he was probably like the highest the biggest, profile person. For sure. Which Caleb knows, by the way. I reference yeah. Caleb again. Um I, I thought I just wanna kind of jump in because I think it's fun as we're doing the look back here. I mean, sure. Um I remember when you we first sat down and you wanted to do the hand lettering course. So where this actually started was in 2013, you were doodling at Misfit Con yeah. in Fargo, North Dakota, and you were kind of doing like a sketch notes. Like of. very like Sketch notes is kind of like, <laughs> <laughs> like, let's be honest. Yeah, it, like there's sketch notes and there's like sketch notes. Yeah, and yeah I was yeah. doing like sketch, sketch notes. notes. Yeah, uh, which was actually really cool though because you had never done those things before. You were yep. just like, I'm gonna try this. I've seen this before. I think I have some artistic ability. Well, in and me. truthfully, I've always, um, I've always doodled with letters. I tell people this. They're like, how'd you get into the lettering? I'm like. I'm really bad at drawing things from my imagination. The only thing that I confidently know what the shapes are, are letters because I write them right. every day. So my go-to for doodling and drawing things has always been drawing letters because it's easy to me. So I, it's not like that was the first time I had ever like doodled no, letters yeah. and stuff, but. But that was where I think the catalyst of this moved forward. And then also getting the validation of AJ, our friend who ran the conference, who yeah. walked up and was like, are you an artist? Yeah. And like, that was a pivotal point for you to be like, oh, you know what? Like doing design work for clients is different than like creating my art and then having Completely. like doing something. And it's, and it's crazy you guys, because you know, it's really easy four years later for me to say, to look at all that I do. And I can very confidently tell people, I mean, artist is probably the first thing I say when people say, what do you do? And I can say that confidently now, 
when I tell you that I would have like died if somebody called me an artist four years ago, I mean it. And I there it couldn't have been farther from the thing that I thought that I was. And I think what's really interesting about that is that's everyone's reaction to anything that they want to be when they've not spent a lot of time creating and publishing the yes. things they want. Because you feel like be a publishing. fraud, right? Like you feel like, oh, I couldn't possibly say that. I don't have the credentials. And really for me it just meant I mean, I guess back then it did mean like I felt like I wasn't a capital A artist. Like I didn't go to art school. I didn't have a certificate. I didn't, I wasn't trained. I didn't you weren't eat. hanging out at Pratt or RISD right. or any of these. And I thought that's what you needed in order to say that. And Do you proud of me that I know art schools? Yeah, I almost went to art schools. I know that. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, you act like I don't know this about you. I always say that you're the artist in the family and you deny it. Do you always? I sometimes say that. Um, so what I thought was really interesting around this time was you made the decision in the second year to be like, okay, I think I want to make this course about hand lettering. And I was like, all right, cool. Like I had made a couple of courses by that point mm -hmm. um, with Jason Does Stuff, which we will get to obviously. Um, but you, the, the way that we had started this was like, okay, there's so many things that we can do. How do we validate this? How do we prove that people would be, actually be interested in not just create this full course that no one's interested in? And so you sat down to write this, like, I really think that there's a missing piece in the hand lettering world of like a hand lettering for beginners post. And if I can just help people with like three things. So that's not how it went. But I remember you writing that post. I did. But let right? me tell you what the real story behind that is. Oh, interesting. Because it, it was twist. so much more accidental than that. It was not, let me write down three things because I, I see a, an opportunity, yada, yada. It was... I, at the time, just knew that my only leg up for starting a business was creating content. And so at the time, I was doing hand lettering and people were asking me about it. And so I just thought, I honest to God just needed a blog post for that day. I was like, I just want to publish a blog post. And so I did a very simple, it was not even a very good blog post. It was like the three things of getting started with hand, hand lettering. And it was like a book you can buy and, and you know, like test out some lettering and it took about three or four months for it to take off on my blog. So it didn't take off right away. But remember, so where this comes into play is we looked at my analytics and mm -hmm. we saw my traffic was growing mm -hmm. like crazy. And we were like, what is happening? And we realized it was coming from this one post. And like I said, it had just sort of spread on Pinterest, which does tell me that there was an opportunity for that type of content right. that hadn't been found yet. But for whatever, it's not like I saw that, you know what I mean? It, it was so much no, more accidental. No, I know you didn't see that as much as I just, what I meant was that you saw like, there's not any like really good beginner resources about hand lettering. Yes, that came after. Right. So once I saw that, that's right. what I'm saying is like, once I saw the traffic to the post, I thought to myself, people obviously like this. They want this type of information, but and, I, and that was exactly what happened. I saw Sean West doing a lettering course, but it was for like graphic designers who wanted to add lettering to their arsenal. It was very much like... And it was like hundreds of dollars. Completely. Yeah. And it was very much like be a professional letterer type of thing. And there were people out there doing similar things. Like Jessica Hish was like a big name mm -hmm. and she was this like crazy professional letterer and still is and is, does She just it. released a children's book. I See know, that? she does amazing really work. Cool. But I felt like for the amateur who just really wanted to maybe like doodle in their notebook or like find, you know, if they're starting a business and they want to add hand, hand lettered elements to their brand to personalize it, there wasn't anything for that at a very amateur level, which is where that idea came from. And you were like, why don't you just sit down, like give yourself a time frame, make this course, make it super affordable because I was not comfortable asking people for like $50, $100 for a course at the time. Um, again, this is, this is a theme here with me was like, 
kind of like crawl, then walk, then run type thing. Lowercase a. Lowercase a, yeah. And that's when I created the course. And then we, like you said, you gave me this idea to to validate um, the idea for this course. And so um, before I even sat down to make it, you said add an email capture to that blog post and say, hey, would you be interested in a video course about hand lettering for $20? I even just like put the price on it. And I, within like a couple of days, I had like 200 people and that was like my, yeah, we kind of set a baseline number. They were like, yep. okay, if this gets 50 people in the first month, probably not worth doing it. Right. But if it gets more than that very quickly, probably worth doing it. Yeah. And so it did. And so then we, I decided to sit down and make it and it was like, which was a whole other, like, oh my God, it yeah. was so struggle, I think is a good word. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, that's how it is. And you have to struggle totally. through to get those things out. But I think what's really funny is like, all the steps in this process, like accidental blog post, seeing the traffic grow after a couple months, not right away, then going, okay, well, this traffic doesn't just automatically equal money. So let's validate the people who are looking at this will be yeah. willing to spend money and believe what I kind of think could happen, which is to create an amateur course. Okay, those people did that. All right, I got some validation just from some emails. Let me make this thing. How do I make a course? Like you had me who like made courses and could help you kind of do that, but you hadn't actually sat down to do it and, yeah. and create it. So and remember, I edited them myself. Yeah, in so iMovie. like I learned iMovie. Yeah. Like, and something that I want people to take away from that story, also aside from all the nitty gritty of like product validation and this and that, but so often I feel like people, especially nowadays where there's online businesses kind of booming, people think I'm going to come up with an idea yeah. and I'm going to create the product and then I'm going to put it out there and people are going to buy it. And if you're in the beginning of starting a business, I think that exploration and experimentation phase is so important where you just are writing content about things that you think are valuable and that you're interested in. And you're planting all these little seeds so that then your audience can tell you what they find interesting and and of value. Yeah. And I mean, I think there's so much to be said for like over time that that post built trust with people who would come and visit it maybe they would bookmark it maybe they would search and find it again and and everything else and so when you presented them with the opportunity to eventually purchase that course it wasn't like you found the post you purchased the course like it had been up and Mm -hmm. i i would i mean that we have no way of actually knowing this but i would imagine that a lot of the people who purchased the course had seen that post once or twice before actually buying it and that's a hypothesis we can't actually test but i just believe that like you got to see, you know, we know this, you have to see things a couple times before you buy. And then eventually it starts to get popular. You start doing stuff on Instagram related to hand lettering. You did these monthly challenges that yeah, kind of built this th- little that community. That was before monthly challenges were even really a thing. Yeah. I think I saw one or two and I was like, oh, I'll do this monthly challenge with prompts. And that really fueled the course sales for a while. Yeah. That was when it was at its, like I was saying in 2015, it was sort of at its max of making like five or six grand a month. <clears throat> Excuse me. Whoa. And, um, that was definitely fueled by the challenges. So uh, let's fast forward. We went way into the details of that, but I think it's important because that was kind of like <clears throat> the like the peak of you seeing the possibilities of a product thing. Do you want to get up and go over there yeah. and just cough real quick? Caroline's leaving. <laughs> oh, we'll see if we can still hear that. What'd you get? It was like just it just really came over me. Yeah. Um, so that was like you know seeing a product could make money. Seeing that you didn't have to like show up every single day and do work for it, which you were doing in client work and you had someone you had to answer to and you could just make these things. And that kind of turned made vibrant from client to product based. Yep. 
And the whole time, though, even from the beginning, you were writing newsletters weekly, which yes. were your content. And I think what's really funny, we've talked about this maybe on an episode before, but it's worth bringing up because we're looking back. Looking back. Is that you sent your first newsletter, Made Vibrant newsletter, to four people. That's correct. One and of which was an email address of yours. Yes. And one of which was an email address of That's mine. That's correct. And Margaret was an, a subscriber? It might have been Margaret. I think Margaret was one, and then one was like a, like a stranger. Yeah. So it was literally one friend, yep. us, and then a stranger. And it was, if you are on my newsletter and you know how long they typically are, it was that that length. Yeah. It was fully, like... I think I remember having a conversation with you about this of like, should I spend this much time like writing this newsletter to four people, which is really just two? And then you just being like... Yeah, I'm going to because I have to start somewhere and I got to like put it out. Well, yeah. And some people, I think probably the majority of people have trouble writing and it's never really been like the case for me. Like mm -hmm. I, I tend to be more long winded than short winded. So for me, it was more like. You're not Stormy Daniels. <laughs> Stormy, Stormy, oh, she's, she's just a little. You guys. That's all she is. I'm going to tell him who Stormy Daniels <laughs> is after this and he's going to get bummed <laughs> out about just the state of our union. But um, so. For me, it was more of like, yeah, I'm super long-winded. Like, yeah, what should I spend this amount of time on it? Anyway, important though is at that time, so when I was transitioning out of client stuff with doing brand design for people. Ooh, you have Every a, single time we record this podcast, there's, an there's alert. a Google Calendar alert that makes a noise. Maybe you need to mute your computer. Well, yeah, I'm kind of like, go ahead. Okay. Um, I mean, I didn't mean right now. It's fine. It's a mid-roll, everybody. Sorry to interrupt the episode. I know you were just hanging on to my every word. And that's why I want to bring up the company that's helping support this show, and that is FreshBooks, if you heard me talk about them at the beginning of the episode. And listen, you know I don't have a lot of sponsors around this podcast, and that is for good reason. I only want to talk about and share companies that I've used, I love, people that I really think are doing a great thing for solopreneurs, creative professionals, you, the listener. They're helping you. And FreshBooks has a whole bunch of awesome stuff. I could run down all the features that they sent me, but the stuff that's really important is easy invoicing, invoice customization, insight, deposits, and online payments. And I actually use the online payment side of it from a creator paying someone who's helping me in my editor, Chantel. I pay her via her FreshBooks invoice every single month. So it's really nice to be able to, if you're on Chantel's side of things and you're doing some kind of service for somebody, you create a really quick invoice, you send it to someone like me and I go, great, I can pay you and I don't have to put a check in the mail because ugh, who puts checks in the mail? It's the worst. So FreshBooks makes it so easy. And just a reminder, they can really help you with tax season this season because also woof. Again, that's another woof there. Uh, so check out freshbooks.com slash action army, all one word. And that's a 30 day free trial that you can get just by signing up. Make sure, very important part, you put action army in the how did you hear about us section when you're signing up. Again, freshbooks.com slash action army. And then just make sure you write action army in the how did you hear about us section and you get 30 days free. So go check that out. Now back to the episode. But the point I was trying to make is, as I was tra transitioning out of client work, I started also dabbling with doing this brand coaching thing, which just meant that I would, instead of doing someone's full brand design and brand identity design, uh, people who wanted to kind of do it themselves, I would, um, they could hire me for like hourly and to get on calls with them so that I could lead them through my process. 
And so I think that's also a step that people don't typically that people try to like skip over is I think doing one-to-one type of, um, if you're going from client work to product, I think doing one-to-one is actually a really crucial step because you start to see what people are asking you over and over the pattern. Yep. And so I had a couple of those clients and it became very clear to me that as I walked people through my brand design process, they would rave about it. They were Mm -hmm. like, I've worked with people before and this, you know, a lot of the discovery work that I had created myself, Uh, they really took to and they felt like it was unique and so i thought to myself now that i know what is entailed in building an online course i feel ready to build a bigger online course for branding and try and now that i'm not doing brand design to kind of funnel people to their own diy option Mm -hmm. um what i think is interesting uh throughout this entire kind of first better branding course in the second year or third year second year is at the beginning of Made Vibrant, I fired you from working for fired. me. Fired. You were a horrible employee. So bad. There were so many HR complaints about you. It's it was true. like it was well, amazing. Well, you know I have a potty mouth. That's no, the first No, it thing. was the awkward touching. Yeah. <laughs> on you. No, on Plexco. <laughs> That's weird. Um, no, so it was really interesting because when you started Made Vibrant, I had to shut down I wear your shirt and you were working for me. I didn't fire you. I just basically didn't have any money and said like I'm sorry. We still live together. We're still in a relationship, but I can't give you any money. I don't have any. I yeah. can't even give myself money. The robe's going back on? No, I just, I'm just getting comfy. Getting comfy? Yeah. Um, the, so in that, that time, it kind of gave you this uh, moment to go, well, you know what? I've kind of been like your sidekick to a degree. Yeah. And I don't want to do that anymore. I want to like do my own thing. Yeah. And so it was really interesting from my side of things to go, awesome. Like I want to support you. I want to help you in any way. And we had so many discussions, which I think will really lead into next week's podcast episode as we talk about working together pretty much full time now going forward, which we've kind of been doing the past year-ish, mm-hmm. but... Not like this. Not like this. But at that time, it was us collaborating every day on a business I was working on and you were helping and you were very helpful to you creating your own business. And then I was becoming kind of the collaborator. I would help you when you wanted, but I had to kind of... Take a back seat. Take a back seat. And, and also, you know, there's this thing that happens when you either work with someone or know someone or see someone building something and you can not the mistakes, see the mistakes they're going to make, but you can be like, oh, I, w- I just want to tell her not to do this yeah. because, and you can say that all you want. And I think it's just like parenting advice. It's just you, like parenting. Yeah. Like you, like I mean, we my don't mom, have kids, but. no, but like my mom told me things and I was like, you're wrong. Yeah. And then, you know, like 10 years later, I'm like, oh, she was so right. You yeah, know? because you can't learn things. I mean, the most powerful way to learn things is by doing them. Well, and I think it's not even the most powerful. It's just like the only way, really. Because, I mean, with certain things, sure. Yeah. So, And I, I think it was really interesting just to watch that progression. And we went through a lot of like difficult conversations during the Made Vibrant time of me being frustrated because I wanted you to do something my way that I thought would be faster. And you being like, hey, man this is my business. Like yeah. I want to run it my way. And I had to just realize like, Oh, you know what? You're right. I shouldn't try and force you to do this. What I think is the quote unquote right way, even though it was, Well, and for me, but I just, I was going to say like, I think it was a really good transition period for us to like separate apart work yeah. together, but separately and have you be able to see how did everything work? How did you handle Completely. Everything? And cause what I was going to say, which leads into that is I needed that time to prove to myself that I had the experience to bring value to the table in our collaborations. Like, and so part of the reason why I wouldn't listen to your advice is honestly because it was sort of the prideful thing of wanting to 
if it did work out, look back and say, no, I did this. Like, yes, you helped, but like I did do this. Mm -hmm. And I think that first year with, so in 2015, when I moved over to products, I think that was when I, I think I made over a hundred thousand dollars in revenue with products that year. And it's so arbitrary. And we talk about this all the time that it does not, these, these arbitrary benchmarks we give ourselves do not matter, but something of about our human brains want to do that for whatever reason, hitting that mark, probably because when I was little, like doc, only doctors made like a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. And that was it. That was it and yeah. As a kid, you were like, those are the people Astronauts. that make that type Astronauts of money. Made that much money. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember just thinking like, wow, like I can't believe that, that, that I did that. And so I needed that time period to like, put that feather in my cap for myself so that then I could come to our collaborations and our conversations with so much more confidence in myself um, because I felt like I did have valuable things because I had been through it myself. You know what I mean? And the funny part is, is that I always thought you had that value. I know. Yeah. It's just, you had to find it for yourself. I had to find it for myself. Yeah. So that's what 2015 was. The Better Branding course went well. Yep. That definitely boosted things. That was like a $200 to $300 product. So that was quite a jump from $20. And then I just went in this like creation mode. Yep. So 2015, 2016 was like, um, well, once I was starting to make product money, then I started to feel like I needed to swing the balance back towards doing something that really felt purposeful to me and like mm-hmm. meaningful. So I, I did Color Your Soul, which was like this monthly mindfulness magazine idea that I had where I was creating art and I really made this intentional shift towards doing more painting and seeing myself as an artist, not just as someone who creates info products because I wanted to, I wanted people that were learning from me to know that I wasn't just building a business based on building a business and that I was selling art prints and creating this creative brand. And, um, so that was really important to me, not to mention, I just wanted to be doing more of the things that I love, which was painting. So I did my art project in 2016, which meant I was doing on Instagram, a different abstract art painting with a different hand lettered message every day of the year. And I sold prints doing that. And that was my first like physical product thing. Since your first prints on Clumsy Crafty Happy, which yeah, you sold 12 of. That's right. And so the production cost went way up. Yeah, did, yeah. I did not do Kinko's. I had a local printer that did these like, you know, Gili prints or whatever you call them. Don't know how to pronounce it. And <laughs> not Gili the movie with Ben Affleck and Not Gili the movie with Ben Affleck. Oh. Yeah. Um, and that was really fun. But it does teach you a lesson about physical products that it and, is... And doing daily work. And doing daily work. Yeah. Um, because we, you know, I wear your shirt a couple years prior to that, three or four years prior to that. I was making videos every day. I was yeah. working with clients every day. You know, you, you saw that slog of like every single day showing up so for that. it's so crazy because daily stuff, it is equally beneficial as it is hard. Oh, absolutely. There's, there, you cannot separate it. It is 50-50 balance. If I tell anyone of like, how do I get my thing off the ground? How do I improve this skill? How, I would say do something daily, yep. but just know that it's going to be so hard. But I think you, I think it should be hard. Well, yeah. And I think part of it too that, and this is what we had multiple conversations about this daily um, kind of like art creation was, hey, you don't have to do this for a year. Yeah. And, and I think that was just something where you had a chip on your shoulder being like, I know I don't have to, but I want to. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to prove to myself. I want to, you know, put it, prove to other people that you can. And I just remember watching you through this process. Like, in the beginning, you're so excited and you were cranking out art. And then it got to, like, you know, certain days you didn't feel like doing art or certain days you had business things pop up or we were traveling or whatever. And it became a little bit more of a hindrance than it than was a benefit at that time, which was not to say, like, as a whole, I just mean out of the like, would you do 200 and some 80. odd, 280 <laughs> pieces, 
a small percentage of that, and and maybe you could have avoided that by doing less. But it doesn't matter now. I just mean no. in general, if someone's thinking about a daily thing, you don't have to do like a four year. Yeah, event. that's all I want. It to was say. really important to me that as you were just describing that when I hit those pieces that were like, oh, work stuff came up, or I don't want to do this. That wasn't the reason I didn't do it. So I went, I pushed through that in order to do the daily piece. However, so if that's like a, I don't want to do this scale of like a, you know, seven or whatever. Out of 16. (laughs) You hit this point though, where you don't want to do it anymore. However, at that point, you're only doing it because you're afraid to stop. Does that make sense? Like you're only doing it because you're afraid of what will happen or what it will say about you if you don't follow through. So that at that point, you're only doing it for other people. Right. You're no longer. So there's a point in the middle where it's hard, but you pu- push through for yourself because you want to challenge yourself and uh, have discipline and, and you're still motivated by a very internal factor. However, I got to this place 280 days in where I was no longer motivated by my desire because I had proven it already. Yeah. 280 days straight, you've I proved it to myself yeah. that I could push through the hard times. But at that point, it was just me being afraid of, I said I was going to do this for a year and what happens if I tell people I'm not doing it for a year? What does that say about me? I can't right. follow through, yada, yada, yada. And, and we had many conversations as you were leading up to like the end of that of you kind of questioning like, should I just push through? Like there's yeah. only 80 more days. And I remember trying to be supportive and not trying to give you the answer, but just being like, babe, you did it. Yeah. <laughs> like you made 280 unique pieces of art. Yeah. That is a crap load. That's more than most accomplished and artists the make. Yeah. And put them up on the website every day, like all and the ran, stuff. And ran like your product business on the side of it, right. which is not super passive. Like you right. had to actually do stuff for it. But yeah. So that was a really, really good learning experience for all kinds of different reasons. Um, and so that was sort of the phase of Made Vibrant that was like, now I want to like create stuff that's meaningful and I want to like shift. And I felt this like creative itch. And then after that, it's so funny, like basically after 2016, when I did that project to now. Was that project in 2016? It was 2016. Huh, that's funny. So when I stopped that, which I think was like August or, or October, something in However the However many were, yeah. 60 days minus. Um, from that point until now, when we're working on this new project, without realizing it, I feel like I've been in a huge creative rut yeah and dip in specifically with painting or just everything in general? yeah everything just with made vibrant in general like, now do you think it's because you burned yourself out doing 280 days of I art think, i think initially right after that for the next couple months it was for sure burnout and then it was we got married and that really like even though we <laughs> that was just a mess no i'm kidding <laughs> that wedding was just so much to plan no it was just, 600 people it was just the two of us all the dubs but it was just like that took over my mental space for like the beginning of 2017 and then we did all this travel and so we did all this like amazing living last mm-hmm. year which i do not regret and loved every second of it and in my mind it's like we worked so hard the previous years in order to basically really enjoy that and we also did buy our future together and so we got to enjoy that and and i really was last year shifting to try and put things in place for us to have a little bit more sustainable income so that was like the maintenance year you know we called it our optimization year we were trying to optimize things um how did we do No, okay. serious question. How do you think we did? Uh, at optimizing? Yeah. Mm, I think we put a lot of foundational things in place, but I don't think we followed through. I think it's hard to quantify like total optimization too. Like I'm thinking about it and well, I'm like... Yeah, yeah, but just in terms of what our goals were, which was like have some of this stuff be... $60,000 a minute on autopilot, <laughs> you know, those types of things. I did make the iPad lettering course. I forgot that. So I did create a little bit, but... Well, also... 
one was draw your memories, acrylic explorations. One were those? That was for color your soul. So those were before abstract affirmations? No, because we moved into the oceanside was, place and those were in the... Well, now we're getting into the weeds. People don't need to hear the whole timeline. The point <laughs> is, like, we're, we've, we focus way too much on my thing. I did not mean for this to go oh, this so in-depth. Oh, you didn't know? This is going to be a seven-hour episode? Screw I literally did not know we were going to go so in-depth into my Made Vibrant story. It's not a look that back. I'm, I know. I'm not, I'm not mad about it. I just didn't. I was not prepared. Be, you just want to be done. No, I don't. I'm just kidding. Um, I want people to know... Because I'm more interested in what has happened this past year for me. Because, and maybe it's just because selfishly that's most top of mind for me. But I think we talk a lot about the beginning of things and how, you know, there's a lot of resources out there on the beginning of things. Mm -hmm. There's not a ton of resources out there on year four of things. Right. And what do you do when you're trying to balance what has worked? You've had a couple wins. You have some courses, some things that are working. Like my branding course still sells, you know, not very much, but it still sells passively. Well, here, let's actually kind of put a a pin in this or a bow on top of it. So the hand lettering course went from no sales didn't exist to a couple thousand dollars a month to at its peak, $6,000 a month. That lasted for about six months, I think. Yeah. I mean, in 2004. 15, 15. It was yeah. like a very substantial part of made by Poppin' off. Poppin' off. There you go. <laughs> uh, so then it kind of trickled down and we tried to do a couple things to save it, but we were busy doing other stuff. So we didn't really spend too much time mm-hmm. on it. And I think you were a little bit over it at that time too. Mm-hmm. Like you wanted to move on. Nowadays, it probably makes couple hundred bucks a month couple hundred bucks a month. so still makes money i mean for a 20 dollar course still making a couple hundred bucks you a month that's... did uh, so was that in 2015 when you made the handling for beginners website that was last year oh that was last year or so, 2016 right so now there's a full dedicated website to it with some content so it kind of has its own ecosystem which yeah. i think is what has kept it making a couple hundred bucks yeah. a month there's like an email course lead in yeah. like there are some things i put in place yeah. so it's not just like that one blog post is still no. cranking out stuff like yeah. you have to optimize. inject it yeah. and optimize yeah um so i just wanted to catch people up on like that journey of the like bell curve of of sales of that which i think is really interesting yeah um which very much uh, maps to my effort towards it yeah it's <laughs> true interestingly enough so like when you have marketing in place it, the sales go up when you don't it goes down yeah um but getting to this year specifically and optimizing things, do you want to keep going with your stuff or do you want to jump back to mine? We won't go as in depth of my timeline, but then we can like both be at 2017 yeah. together sure. on our journey. So that was, we went from 2013 to 2017. Now we're going to go back. Yeah, but we won't spend as much detailed time unless everybody wants to do that. Oh, Does let's everybody... ask everyone. I heard of like resounding yeses. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That so, just may have been the voices in my head. Yeah. yeah. So why don't you start us back where we started my journey, which is I wear a shirt is kind of closing down. closing down and you fire me in this big blowout fight and I like yeah. slam the door and I leave and I come back. Yeah. In the rain. I don't yeah. know. I had fire emoji stickers made and threw them at you. Before emojis it were was, even a thing. Yeah. Just like I had to go that full in on. Before emojis a thing. I don't know. Okay. When, when, yeah. Uh, so yeah, 2013 feeling super lost, shut down that business, um, decided that I didn't want, oh, well, I wanted to try and do something else because I didn't want to just be known for our rear shirt. And I wanted to prove to myself that I could also do something, but I wanted something a bit easier because I was doing the daily thing forever. I was filming videos. I was you were burnt very, out. very, very, very burnt out on videos. I've just now, I think recovered from that. Seriously. No joke. We're five years later. Yeah. Five years. Like you guys, anytime we would have to make a video for something in the past five years, 
he goes, it's like, it's like, I don't want to use PTSD because that's a real thing, but right. it's like, you it's had internet trauma. entrepreneur, internet entrepreneur SD. Yeah. And yeah. you, you would just go into this like shutdown or like just frenetic state of like, I don't want to be doing this. And that's where I was saying when you were talking about your daily art piece thing, it's like, maybe if someone's thinking about doing that, just as a little tidbit of a gem here, um, create a small version of that. That's not a or, whole year. Or, or like, try weekdays. Give yourself weekends. Get you, give yourself weekends. Set a thirty-day timeline. You know, like oh, just thirty start, is definitely a good right. And then just be like, okay, do I want to keep doing this? You know, maybe in the back of my mind, I'm going to do this for three months or six months. But let me just make thirty days happen first. Yeah. But I did sixteen hundred videos yeah. during our shirt. Sixteen hundred. Yeah. That's filming them. That's actually writing the script, coming up with the idea. Let's be honest, I didn't write any scripts. <laughs> you did sometimes. Yeah, you wrote I did bullet some, points. I did sometimes. You putting on the plan- costumes. So that's planning them, that's acting in them, that's filming them, and then that's editing them every single day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sixteen hundred videos you made. Incredibly uh, un un. Uh, Why'd you do that? Who knows? So I could be famous and rich. So you could be a YouTuber. Yeah, uh, before that existed. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, I wanted something easier. And so I had seen a bunch of people working on online courses. And so this was 2013. You made the hand lettering course in 2015. Yeah. No, in 2014. 2014. Uh, I'm going to get all these years straight. So Doesn't I, matter. yeah. That much. So really, I just wanted something that I could sell that I figured I had experience in because I, again, fraud, didn't want to feel like I was just doing something that I didn't have experience in. What did I have a lot of experience in? Getting sponsorships. Yep. That's what I had done for the past couple of years. Maybe I should have made one about making videos, but I didn't want to do anything with video. You were like, like I'm not making a video about making a video. Yeah. So I hate videos. So I decided to make this course about getting sponsorships. Um, I did very similar validation stuff that you did, except I didn't make like one big post about it. Um, I just emailed the email list that I'd had and started kind of interacting with people about that, asking them questions and then built this first version and then really was like, okay, I have my audience, but I want to follow this model that I've seen other people do, which is spend money on Facebook ads to build people um, signing up for a webinar where they learn how to do this. And then I sell the thing at the end. So easy, right? Just super easy. I mean, why it works so well. Why wouldn't everyone do it, Jason? Super easy. Um, it, It was very difficult. It's very difficult to keep up with the changing landscape of Facebook ads as someone who doesn't love being on Facebook. And I was getting very tired of it at that time. Well, and I also just, the reason I like did that sarcastic comment is to point out to people there are so many people that are out there selling you this this quote unquote blueprint that is yeah. like the fail safe guaranteed just follow this to a T and it'll work yeah. out and if anyone is promising you that they're selling you bullshit. Yeah, I mean I bought the only, pretty much I think the only online course or like thing I purchased was this like how to make money on a webinar thing and it was 200 bucks and it was like a it was a blueprint of how to run a webinar that made sales and like it didn't you know there's no guarantees in this thing but it promised that you'd make a six-figure launch with your webinar if you followed it like to a T. And you're somebody who like has experience on camera, right. has experience in business. Like you have all these things in your toolbox, and it did not. Li- no, it was so not a my my first launch was five thousand dollars. Right. I did not make six figures, and I'm very stubborn. So I was like, okay, well maybe I just have to keep trying. Got to keep working at it, and and we also needed money, so I was okay. Yeah, to and keep let's doing say. It. Like, listen, a five thousand dollar launch is fantastic. Oh, absolutely fantastic! But it's 
it's in context to the expectation that you had and that you were given with this promise, right? Yeah. So I kept working on it, kept doing these weekly things, would tweak and test stuff, would show up, do the live webinars, do the, you know, very, very like comfortable sales pitch. Like I would tell everybody, hey, leave, I'm about to sales pitch the crap out of your face, which probably wasn't in the blueprint. That was just me <laughs> being honest because I couldn't do the like sleazy transitions. <laughs> That's the difference between hundred grand and yeah, five grand. Yeah. Is honesty. Is yeah. Honesty. Honesty. Um, and Anyway, not to get too into the weeds with that, but I ended up making only $30,000 in a year of promoting that course. And I think I actually stopped at like eight months. Um, and, and that actually showed me, though, I was discouraged about the $100,000 thing. But that was also the time when we were trying to figure out, like, do we need to make hundreds of thousands of dollars? You know, like, what are our expenses? What are we trying to do? What do we want our lives to look like? You know, that type of thing. And I took a step back and realized, like, I made $30,000 at this course. And I had a ton of students who signed up that actually got a lot of value. They started making money with sponsorships. They were like, this is so helpful. I had yeah. no idea what I was doing. So that in itself was really kind of fueled to be like, okay, I like this online learning thing. I mm -hmm. think I have a couple other skills that I could teach and, and do. Um, but where are all these things going to live? You know, because I the sponsorships thing kind of just lived in its own world. It had its own domain. Mm -hmm. It had just some wonky branding that I got from Fiverr, like if we're being honest. Oh my God, I remember that. Yeah, because you didn't have time. Yeah. You were working on your own thing. I, I was like, don't hate, pull me into this. I hate making logos. It's like my least favorite design thing. I'll design a website all day long, but a logo, not interested. I get it. Um, and I decided like I need a place to house all this. And at the time, people would ask me like, hey, what do you do? Like, how do I find more about you? And like, I didn't have Irish shirt anymore. My personal blog, I really didn't care about. Um, and I just decided like the one thing that sums me up is that I do a decent amount of stuff. I was doing some public speaking at the time. I started doing some writing, creating courses, you know, dabbling just in other things. So you I was like- You always dabbled. So I was like, well, I do a lot of stuff. So maybe I should just have the domain Jason does stuff. And that's a very clear explanation for people. That's been your MO, your branding MO like from the beginning. From the beginning. Is like super to the point. Yeah. Super. I wear your shirt, buy my last name, sponsor my book, right. buy my future. Yes. Yeah. How to get sponsorships. Like I don't mess around. Yeah. What you see is what you get. Which Except, is like the opposite of me. Which is funny because our next venture, which we'll talk about in the next episode, that. is not as cut and That's dry. That's because I won that fight. Well, and, I'm and just I, kidding. Well, I acquiesced to that because I wanted that. I know, exactly. Yeah. Like, I think after so many years of having those types of things, that was your one request going yeah. forward, not to jump in too much. But you, you no, were like, I want you to jump in. That's the whole point of You were like, back. I'm tired of this being about me and what I do and what I am interested in. I want it to be about other people and about what they get out yeah. of stuff. Yeah, and so, I mean, we can fast forward or you can jump in if there's any topics See, that you want to bring up. See, aren't you like getting exhausted talking about yourself? I, that's how I felt when I, we were going through my stuff. I was like, can we get through this already? Like, I am not. Well, here, let's see. Uh, instead of, we'll switch this a little bit. Do you have any juicy questions about the Jason Does Stuff journey? Journey. The Jason Does Stuff journey. So let me yes. let me uh, just give the, the quick background on what I saw that as a like business venture, yes. if you will is that Jason Does Stuff just became my virtual hub, my home, if you will, where I could write articles because I had some stuff I wanted to get off my chest and share. And it really did start as blogging. And then it was like, hey, I've actually had a lot of experience as a business owner and as an entrepreneur and as a human trying to have a better life. Um, I, can, I have a lot of things I want to say. Let me write about those and do it in a weekly format, build an email list of people who actually care, not just do giveaways and try and have a 100,000 person email list. It doesn't matter. Um, and so I would kind of, the the content flow from Jason does stuff in this email list would 
attract people. It would keep people engaged. It would build trust. And then I would release products based on stuff I wanted to create or stuff I heard people asking about that I had experience in. Um, cause I don't like selling secondhand knowledge. I want to only sell things that I've done, which is something that we both believe feel in. Yep. strongly about. Um, and you know, and that's why I didn't create a course about selling online courses or creating online courses until like seven courses in right? because I was like, I actually want like a lot of experience to see if it's just like a one hit wonder on some yeah. of these. Um, you know, anyway. Uh, so anyway, Jason does stuff became that hub. It evolved. You did the branding for it in 2014, I believe. Probably because we were still in the Florida house. Yep. And I remember having those meetings and I was just really <laughs> You're one of my first clients. You didn't pay me. No, 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 really no, no. I paid you for years when I reassured you did a terrible <laughs> job as we talked about. Um, I, uh, one more important point that I wanted to mention there is that that is when um, the idea of the Action Army came up yes. as branding your list, your audience as the Action Army, and that's where the podcast name came from. Yeah, and so we we sat down, and I remember having a discussion about, like, I want something that like people can get behind. And when we were doing the branding exercise, we had kind of honed in on this, like, you're the action-taking guy. Like, you don't stray away from doing things, obviously. Um, and I, I'm fairly certain it was you. It was like, what about, like, the Action Army or something like that? And we went through a couple different names, and that one was the one that stuck. We both love alliterations, you more love than it. me. Um, and so that's how that email list and then this future now podcast, uh, which is closing down, um, closing down. came, came about, uh, closing time. Oh, nice. I, can we just dun, do a dun, quick dun, little dun, matchbox dun, 20 in here? Matchbox 20? No. That's closing time. No, ma'am. Are you sure? Yes. What is it? Uh, I really think it is. No, it's not matchbox 20 for sure. All right. Guys, you have your phone right here. Look yeah, it up. We're going to really do this real quick. I think it time. is. Okay. Keep talking. What do, what do I get if it's. If it's not, you get to choose where we go to lunch after this. Oh wow! We're and if good. I win, then we I get to choose. Interesting. I know it's not Matchbox Twenty. Uh, what is it? Can, can you keep talking? Can you? No, no. We're just gonna. Oh, off. Semisonic. There we go. I wonder how many people at home in their car on their treadmill were like, "It's Semisonic." It's They're just like yelling. Everyone. Closing Damn. time. I really, really, really pride myself on Tangents. my '90s like alternative music yeah. and that's just really that embarrassing. embarrassing okay so let's get to your juicy questions i think my, that's summed up my Jason one, does stuff. yes my one juicy question about that journey more than like what you did and what you sold and all this stuff is kind of what i was a little bit trying to express with mine which is during that process were there any like main sort of inflection points where you felt like maybe so here's what I'm interested in. Let me frame this, reframe this. Go for it. I am interested in this pendulum pendulum swing between like creativity and doing like meaningful work that you, an idea you can't get out of your head, but then also sometimes needing to just do stuff that makes money and knowing what works and like doubling down on like maybe a course that's selling that's not your favorite thing, but you have to pay the bills or whatever. So in my mind, that's a pendulum swing and you kind of, you feel out when you need to swing one way versus the other. So yeah. for me, it was like, you know, Better Branding Course started out as a creative thing, but then it became a money-making thing. But then I started focusing so much on that and bringing in money that then I had to make Call Your Soul because I was very like, I wanted to be creative again. So my question to you is, were there any moments during the past couple of years when you felt the pendulum swing one way or the other? And if so, what were they? Well, I think what happened for me was in 2014, when we both started writing consistently um, weekly newsletters, 
And I started to really pull back the vulnerability curtain Cloak. and and to share, you know, that I was struggling. And even then, like I look back on some of those posts, I'm like, this isn't very vulnerable at all. But it was at the it time. It was for you. Yeah. yeah, it was relative. And and just like exploring all these things of letting go and both of like baggage that I'd held from a business, but also like personal stuff and then like societal pressure stuff. And I think what happened to me is instead of a pendulum swing, it was more, hey, I'm going to create products and those are going to sustain our household and our income, at least from my side. And then I'm going to write stuff that is, and really what I focused on in the beginning was for every 10 articles, nine of them are going to be hopefully meaningful, hopefully helpful. And maybe they were more skewed towards business than they were actually like meaning or whatever. Mm -hmm. But then the 10th article would be selling something, you know, so I kind of had this in my mind phase and that probably lasted for one year. And then I just threw all caution to the wind and just wrote stuff and decided when I would launch it. And, um, and I, it'd be interesting to look back of what that launching schedule actually looked like. Cause mm -hmm. there was no rhyme or reason to it from 2014 to 2000. I mean, it was always like a mental thing. The way that I saw it play out after that in a less, uh, formulaic way, was just like, we never want to be selling something like back to back, like one month and then another month kind of thing. Well, and I created... Not that there's any like rule that that has to take place, but we just didn't feel comfortable doing that. No, and I've created what? Four courses with Paul? Three courses with Paul? Mm -hmm. How Dare You, Finish Your Damn Book, Podcast Like a Boss. I think those are the I three. I think that's it. Yeah. Oh, no, Product Profit. So four. Yeah. So four courses with Paul and uh, Nathan Berry and then the ladies from Being Boss were a part of one of them as well. But really those just kind of stem from... Paul and I would be talking in Slack because we have a little Slack channel. And I'd be like, hey, man, I keep getting people asking about, um, you know, podcasting or whatever. And he's like, oh, I've had a bunch of people ask about it, too. You want to make something on it? And then we both be like, oh, we have time to do that. Let's do that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, to get back to your question, I think the pendulum swing for me, if you picture it like one huge swing left to right, and I'm doing a visual for everybody they can't see. This is I, why we need to film this. Yeah, I didn't have that with Jason Does Stuff. I had like little short swings back and forth. Mm -hmm. Whereas I think now, especially with this new thing we're working on, I've swung toward more meaningful and, and more, um, I want people to feel inspired and, and a part of something that they... Right. Like a movement, yeah. if you will. And, and, and Jason does have never had an ethos like that uh, at all. And now it's sort of like, if we're going to just make the pendulum go all the way to that side, then we're just going to go all in on it and, and do whatever it takes to figure out the commerce part of it. Yeah. You know, like that's what we've well, kind of talked about. And I think what's really interesting about kind of the direction we're going forward is that, you know, we have a different business model, but we've proven that people are willing to buy the thing that we're selling. We're totally. just packaging it a different way. So we'll find out how that, how that works. But, um, yeah, to, to kind of wrap that up with the Jason does stuff stuff, uh, was that I just, especially in the past year or two where you've had made vibrant and it's always been at like meaning first, mm -hmm. Jason does stuff was at like practicality first, totally. which and, is also, which is exactly why who you we brought are. in more money. Well, and it's and, also and exactly kept our who, who we are. It is. Totally. Yeah. And, and I think for me, it's just, okay, I, I have really been fortunate to attract an audience of, of people who have stuck with me through all the transitions and they come and go and then there's new people and, and what have you. But I really believe that like, I want to move forward with something where like, there's a whole bunch of meaning that I'm putting effort toward because that will create longer lasting trust and value and impact for people. Because right now I think about Jason does stuff and I'm just like, like who, who cares? Like why do people care about that's subscribing the, that's to things? actually the tagline. Jason does stuff. Yeah. Um, with the role. Before I, I forget in all seriousness, I do think this is a good opportunity for me to take a moment and say I'm very appreciative of how much money I can make of, <laughs> over the past couple of years because my instinct is to be sort of that creative emotional person 
and you are much more highly practical, your practicality has allowed me to do my creative things, even if sometimes they didn't bring in a lot of money and it's allowed me to be sort of the emotional person that I am in our relationship. No. And I really appreciate that. And I just want you to know that. No, I am. There has been no part of me that's been like, Oh, I just wish I could do all the meaningful stuff now. You know, like it's not even how my brain works. I like the practical stuff. I get very excited about new projects and new things. And that's why I created 10 or however many courses was because I really enjoyed that process. And, And I think even going forward, this is where this kind of new business venture is going to be really fun is that, I bring that practicality. You yes. bring the meaning and the emotion and the thoughtfulness. And that's and really good. You gonna... guys are going to see that duality play out for sure in the branding and in the just overall kind of um, business model and everything like that. Now, speaking okay. of that, what? Uh, one thing I wanted to touch yeah. on first what's your keyword so we don't forget? Oh, God. Keyword is um, t- together. Together. Um, it's one thing I wanted to just bring up because we're going to talk about this more, but I think it's very important is that. Like Jason does stuff, which is not actually a business. There's a business behind it and there's all the products that I sell that are with that. But I have made um, consistently a good amount of money the past couple years through Jason does stuff. And I'm essentially stopping that. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is something I was writing about last night when I was writing one of these articles that we're going to be doing for this next thing. Um, and I, I hate to just keep like throwing that away, but whatever, is that it's kind of scary to go, this is working. This model is working by our future is working. We open it twice a year. We can make over a hundred thousand dollars each time we open it. We're happy to be transparent about that, but we want to move away from that model because we're really excited about the future of something else. And also I think the, for me is specifically like the stagnation of doing something the same way. It doesn't excite me and it doesn't motivate me. Whereas like moving into something new. And I I talked about this, I think it was either last episode or the episode before, like the power of newness. Yeah. And there's a lot to be said for getting excited about something. So just wanted to say like, it's not like I'm shutting Jason does stuff down because it's not making money anymore. I'm literally stopping making money to move over in a whole different direction, but I'm okay with the challenge of that because I believe in what we're trying to build. And we've talked about it for years now. Completely. And I really, I know it's cliche, but it's the, the business adage of like, if you're not innovating, like you're die, like innovate or die kind of thing. I you have nailed that cliche. What, what's, isn't that what people say? Innovate or die. I think we and, did it. You did a t-shirt design about that. Do you remember that or die. when we had t-shirts? Yeah, I do. Yeah. But I also just really believe in business. If you, if you're not changing, the market is always changing, even if you can't see it people and culture and what people want to buy and all these things, it's always moving forward, whether you can see it or not, or whether you want to believe it or not. And sometimes it's moving so slowly that you're convinced that it's going to stay the same way forever. And so if something's working, you know, it's how these big brands, like what Toys R Us going out of business or Blockbuster, it's like these big brands are like, oh, this is working so well, it's going to last forever. And I just strongly believe that you as a business person, you have to trust that that is the opposite is true. That if you don't evolve, if you don't innovate, if you don't continue to kind of um, pay attention to when you feel stagnant and to just kind of beat the market to the punch, that it will catch up with you. And I do think that there's a caveat there, not to interrupt you, but like, to me, that's a very different mindset from like, oh, so I have to be on Snapchat and I have to be on Instagram and I have to have a YouTube channel and all that stuff. Like, that's not it. It's, no, the market's changing and we need to adapt and do something that kind of either pushes forward beyond that or is just unique. And I don't even mean chasing trends or or trying to pinpoint the market or trying to chase the market. I just mean as a blanket 20,000 foot statement, 
just know that it is changing. So be very, um, like start to see stagnation and comfort as a red flag to yourself that you need to do something different. Babe, I love when you get fired up about cliches. I'm so fired up about cliches. (laughs) For like a second. (laughs) Because I don't like holding hands. I do get fired up about it because it's just like, I'm really passionate about this idea of like comfort and discomfort and the idea that, you know, we fight through the discomfort to get to this place where we feel like we know what we're doing and that something is working. But the truth is you have to accept the fact that if you're going to be in this game, you should always be uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, and I think part of that for us specifically is that we like being uncomfortable. Well, true. And that's a very important caveat. You have to look at it through the lens of your personal personality and your values. And for us, it's really important to always be challenging ourselves to always be pushing the envelope to always be selling, always be selling (laughs) to find like, I call them, you know, your edges, like find new edges. Um, and so that's important to us. So that's, that was, I don't know. I think I'm mostly fired up because I think like I told you in the very beginning of this, I didn't realize I was in a rut, Mm -hmm. but I was. And now I'm, I'm experiencing the feeling of being out of that rut and it feels so good. And I'm like, as we're working on this new, as we're working on this new project. And I'm like, why didn't I take the plunge on this six months ago or a year ago? Like, why did I drag my feet so long? And it was because obviously I was afraid. Um, but I just, I I'm reminded of how good it feels to be a little bit scared because it means that you feel alive and excited. Yeah. I think that's something for us that we have realized as our dog stumbles to get on the couch. You got, you got, it. You got it, bud. You got it, bud. You could do Ooh. it. <laughs> he's got these little steps. Again, if we have video, you'll be able to see. He's got these little steps that he climbs up to get on the couch, and he just struggles to use them. <laughs> it's okay. You did a good job. He, he's he's, he's kind of belly flopped, and then he just Had one looked leg. right at us. And the, the no, steps, you say. You spent all that work getting down. <laughs> the steps are made out of foam, so as he's belly flopping, his leg, his back legs are still on the steps, and instead of pushing off the steps, the steps just like Push away. scooted away yeah. from him. Poor little guy. He knows we're talking about him. All right. So let's, uh, let's do, you know, maybe a little bit here, wrapping up the look back together. Together. You want to talk about together? Yeah. Which is a good last kind of thing to talk about is, you know, as we finish up the discussion of the past couple of years, I'm interested. I know where you're going. No, you don't. Okay, cool. (laughs) Yeah, you do. I'm interested. (laughs) I'm interested in the moment or moments that were the turning point for you of going like, I really think I want to come together with Caroline and do something together again. Oh, I mean, I've been thinking that way from square one. Okay. Well, tell us about it. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, I, so if we jump back in the little time machine and we go back, I'm I'm not satisfied with that noise. To 2010? 2011. 2010. I don't know what you're about to say, babe. When you convince (laughs) me to hire you. When you convince me to hire you, you got to be in my brain. Okay. I'm in your brain. When I convinced you to hire me, it was 2011. Beginning? It was the end of 2010. Right. Those no, no, no. It was the end of 2011. 2010, I worked at McKinney. I moved back, worked for Dalton, 2011. I, I promise you. Okay. I, so. End uh, of 2011. So at this point, Iris Shirt is super busy. We have five clients per day, which is insane. Um, and I'm managing all this plus doing video stuff and all this. Anyway, you essentially saw this because every day you would come home for your job that you didn't love and you'd be like, Hey, how was your day? You're super stressed out. I would tell you all the things I'm super stressed out. You probably heard the same thing like every single day. And you kind of realized like, I could really help you do this. I could really help you take some stuff. And you have the like 
somewhat analytical and very creative brain, but you can kind of shift them too, which is really interesting. Like you can get like our weekly budget meetings are the most analytical thing we probably do as a couple. And we both nerd out about it and you way more than I do, but it's very analytical. It's not super creative. Anyway, you kind of brought this up to me. You're like, you need to hire me. I can take care of this, this, and this. And you convinced me. And I was like, well, I don't have the money to do that, but she's right. I'm super stressed out. I can't manage all this stuff on my own. And so we, go ahead. Secretly, I was also just like really jealous that you got to work from home all day. And every morning I had to go to my stupid office job and commute like an hour in the morning and an hour in the evening. And I was just jealous because I was coming home and I was so fired up to work on your business. And I was like, that was definitely my first catching the bug of like being your own boss because yeah. I just was like, I, this doesn't make any sense. I'm at this inst- like organization where they're not even utilizing my skill set because of like the organization and red tape and stuff. And I'm like, I could just use all of my many skills for you instead of this other person. And I was already living with you. And I was like, you don't have to pay me that much. Just just enough to make me feel like I'm not freeloading. Yeah. Um, so I remember like hiring you, having you come on. And it was just one of those things where y- you did such a great job because I had already had a couple employees of people who were shirt wearers. And then I had not an assistant, but like an operations manager and Heather, who was awesome. Um, and I had been struggling with managing people and I've been struggling with, um, you know, just, just managing that plus everything else. And you made it really easy because you were literally in the room with me. And this is why I think businesses work really well when they have an office and people are all together because there's so much stuff that can get done there. And, and it's difficult to do that kind of, a you know, um, virtually if you will. But anyway, we were working together in the beginning of that. And I was like, Oh wow. Like you really bring a lot to the table. You're really good at this stuff. I can give you tasks and I don't have to follow up with them. This is great. And this is really kind of interesting to see you in this light and not just see you disappear for nine hours in the day, <laughs> hear about some of the stuff you worked on, but like, it doesn't really mean anything. Yeah. I'd never thought about that before. Like you yeah. really had no idea like how I worked. I mean, you knew like no, all these about me. Yeah. But. Uh, so it was just really interesting to see that come together. And then when we like did that for a year and a half essentially, and then we kind of parted ways, like I was bummed. I was like, oh man, like we were doing a good, like I thought we had a good thing going. We figured out the next thing together, but you needed to go on your own journey. Mm-hmm. And so we, we kind of separated and it was always a struggle for me to like try and help you, but let you do your own thing. And then you fight me on being like, Hey, you're not letting me do my own thing. And I'm like, I know, but I'm trying mm-hmm. my best. And then, you know, to fast forward through the years that we just discussed and went in depth on to get to 2015, really towards the end of that year was when we first started to get a little bit back together where you built by my future. Mm-hmm. And you really hunkered down and you were, you know, I really asked you like, Hey, I did. So this was J- Jason doing by my future. It was only his products at that point, but he asked me to do the branding and the web design for it just for context. Yeah. And you hadn't worked on any of my other projects uh, except for creativity for sale. You worked on that one quite a bit. True. So, you know, and, and I don't, it just felt more disconnected until that point to me. And even that point there was tension and there, you know, it was difficult and, you know, it wasn't easy to work together. And I think it's still because we were separated, not separated, separated y'all. We were separated in our work, (laughs) (laughs) Um, not in life. We were still together and loving each other. Um, But that kind of moved it forward. And then I did buy my future three times and then decided, Hey, let's do buy our future. And that was where we really started to like come together more on projects. I'd help you film a couple of Now, was that just because you thought 
hey, this is like a gimmick. This is like something to make it new. Or was it that you wanted to just really come back together again? Like what was the, what was no, the catalyst? No, I think you had um, gone through the sidekick syndrome part of Made Vibrant and you had felt like I did that. Like, look, I made $100,000 a year. Like all the boxes I needed to check, I could do all those. And then you were basically at a point where you were like, hey, maybe we should, like, should work together. You yeah. know, on some of these things. Like we started to collaborate on some of your courses. I would film them. I would help you edit them, you know, kind of like really like a director role, which yeah. was kind of interesting that we'd never really established. I'm kind of uh, psychoanalyzing myself here and thinking back to that time frame. And I think if I'm honest with myself, I also was really ready for the opportunity to like contribute in a substantial way. So because at that point made vibrant, I mean, it was still doing well and like courses were selling and blah, blah, blah. But it just, I've been doing this like yada, 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 blah, blah, blah thing, <laughs> which I've never done before. So I don't know where that's coming from. Probably because you feel like you've talked about yourself a lot. Probably. Yeah. But you know, it, it, I had reached this point where I missed feeling like even just financially, like I was contributing to our lifestyle and household together. Mm-hmm. And I think I was ready to play a more substantial role in the money-making part of what our like t- collective uh, team was bringing in, mm-hmm. which at the time was by our future and by my future. And so I was just, I wanted to play a bigger role in that because I wanted to feel like I was contributing to the bottom line of our yeah and your question to me was was it a gimmick or did you actually want like I think I saw us working together a little bit more on all these things and I was like this would just be to me fun like it would be it's less of a gimmick and more of like and and I think I I think I said this to you once very substantially here in this house that we're in but I believe I probably said to you before like we're better together I know and by our future like we have overlap in our audience we bring such differing skills but that come together so well and then I think that that's really kind of a powerful thing. And people really, uh, I think they appreciate like my take action, get stuff done attitude. And then you're more like emotional, like, why are we doing things? Let's explore the thoughts. Yeah. Let's deal with all the stuff we're dealing with. And here. the truth is like we, for, for all of our, um, you know, difficulties or like conversations for two people who spend 97% of their time together. Yeah, you never leave. Ever. Yeah. We really enjoy each other's company and we ultimately work is more fun when we get to do it together. So like, obviously there are times when we fight or we're tense or we're this morning. Yeah. We were tense this morning, but we really got it together. I think, listen, these things just happen. And I think that we're going to, this is something we are fully going to explore in the future a ton because it's going to be kind of the crux of what we're doing and, and stuff that we're putting out. But yeah, I really think that as we got into buy our future. And then, so you completely redid the branding again because it needed to go from buy my future to buy our future. And we don't do things like, uh, yeah, so we're not just going to change the logo and then throw your face on the site. We did a full new site that you did. Um, and I think that that, that experience to me really showed like, Oh, you know what? Like this is, we're, we're getting back into the groove of things here. Stella's got a groove Stella's back. Stella's got her groove back. Yep. And and that this could be a really good way moving forward for us to, to start working together. And that I really think it was back to like the 2012 time of working together where it felt, even though you probably looked at it as like, I'm working for you, I looked at it as like, we're collaborating together on this thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited for the outcome of what that can be. Mm-hmm. And that's really what I just realized with like Jason Does Stuff. Like you don't want to collaborate on Jason Does Stuff. And like, Made Vibrant. I don't fit into Made Vibrant, but by our future worked really well together. There's something that we've discovered with that. What are we going to move and build forward with that? And, and that's kind of where we are. I think that's a great place to uh, set up the teaser for next week. Just shut the mics off and call it good. <laughs> <laughs> Tease and then great place. To, uh, 
Yeah, so that um, that kind of, I mean, to me, that was the look back episode I was hoping for. Aw. Yeah. So we uh, delivered on your expectation. I hope we delivered on everyone else's. I mean, if, they, if someone was on a treadmill and they're like, I want to do an hour workout today, this probably got them through it. It did. Because they were like, oh, these guys are still talking? Like, <laughs> oh, man. There's still more here? But at least I'm not doing, like, focusing on the workout. Um, at least that's how I find podcasts when I'm Me on too. a treadmill. Uh, yeah, so looking forward. So next week, we are going to record an episode completely explaining the new project we're working on. There's so much to talk about. There is. How are we going to fit it in? At least another <laughs> like hour episode coming, so don't worry. I did say I was long-winded. Yeah. I warned you guys. But uh, very excited to share all the details of that. We are coming together. We are closing down Jason Does Stuff. Uh, closing down Made Vibrant. Made Vibrant as a brand will still be around, and we'll, we'll get yeah. to that. Don't you guys worry. I'm but Jason gonna... Does Stuff will not be around. Well, so... you don't love Jason Does Stuff as much as I love Made Vibrant. Yeah. If like really, Jason Does Stuff is going to be just one page on Modern Info that explains like what right. it is. Um, but yeah, next week we're going to get into all the nitty gritty details. Uh, we will also probably talk to you about where our podcast will be going, like the new podcast, which is a discussion we haven't had yet. Um, You're going to get to see that discussion, though. Yeah. So, well, or hear it. Maybe see it. Are we recording next week? Yeah. Video? Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Exciting. You Means I check out the old the old air table. Oh. <laughs> we're going to talk about this after we're done. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, I hope you guys really enjoyed this look back. I do want to say here, if you've listened this far into the episode, then I think you have actually enjoyed the Action Army. You've gotten some value out of it. Um, I know a couple people have listened to almost every episode. Carly Knight, she emailed. And she's like, I've listened to every single episode. And I'm sure there are other people who passively have. I love that. But Carly giving you a huge shout out because you're probably listening this far. And thank you so much. That means the world that you said that. To everybody who's left a rating and review, it's so cool to, to have that happen. I know that those things probably seem meaningless because I know when I leave a rating and review on someone's podcast, I'm like, they don't give a shit about my review. They like, read everyone. They don't care. They do care. Yeah. And, and it you does, care. it does, yeah, it goes a long way. And I think that supporting the show has been really awesome. Um, you know, people like Fresh Books, as you've heard in these past couple episodes, coming, coming together and supporting um, just indie creators, you know, creative entrepreneurs, people like us who are trying to make a living in this crazy world that we live in. Um, and help other people in the process. Yeah. And, and really share all of our experiences and, and not say that we're experts or anything, just we're normal people. And, We've just happened to do things maybe faster than other people, and here's how we did it. Um, but yeah, thanks so much, everybody, for for listening to the show. Tune in next week for the final episode of the Action Army, bum bum bum, with special guest Stormy Daniels, the X Men character, Guys, not the real person. I totally forgot, and now I just, <laughs> I, I'm like bummed out that I'm gonna have to explain this like whole saga. I to want you after. to know that in my mind, like, I have a great picture of her. Like, she's cool. She's no, you hip. know who I'm. She's like, like her I'm, nails. She's like. Poof, poof, but, well, really, she's just I'm in 12 hours. I'm actually picturing her as that villain from Captain Planet that has the hair, the white streak in her hair that's like yeah. over her face. Yeah. But that's not but her. But like the younger, like cute, like hip version. Like she's got like jean jacket and like, you know, leather pants. And <laughs> this is <laughs> how, bedazzled. this is the right way to end this episode. Yeah, this feels right. Yeah. All right. Thanks everybody for tuning in. You don't have to go do the things on the iTunes because they don't matter anymore, to be honest. Oh. So. It's okay. You don't. ended on like a sad, like they no, don't matter. No, it's okay. We're excited. We're like, yeah, we don't have to do those anymore. Okay, okay, let's try again. No, just try again. Try what? Like what you just said. Oh, hey, thanks so much for listening, everybody. You don't have to do the things on yeah, iTunes. Yeah, it's ending. Yeah, there you go. Good job. All right. Bye. Uh, bye. Bye.